welcome to the Sports Bee with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing on this Friday? Oh, it's going to be a great show. I'm going to have my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank on. We are going to preview some of the conference championships and the World Cup. We've got a jam-packed show. This is going to be high school football championships all across the state of Alabama and all across the state of Georgia. I will get into that. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. And we are now from 2 to 3 p.m. right after Rod Peterson and right before Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. This show is brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, The Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Such a jam-packed show. We are going to get into the conference championships. Columbus State Lady Cougars soccer team fell last night in the Final Four. That game was on at 11 o'clock at night. But congratulations to the Lady Cougars on an incredible season. And we finally have a date for the Columbus Rapids. Their home opener will be February the 1st at the Columbus Civic Center, taking on the Fayetteville Fury. All right, let's get right into the show going to start things off with high school football in the state of Alabama. I talked about on the show yesterday, Thompson winning their fourth straight state title, defeating Auburn 49-24. And Thompson, who started the year 0-2, losing to Buford and David Lipscomb, which is coached by now the UAB coach Trent Dilfer. always hear the old cliche in sports, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And the Thompson Warriors, they pull it off. They have an eighth grader at quarterback who threw five touchdown passes. He's not going anywhere. And even though 7A has a lot of great teams to include Central, Auburn, Hewitt Trustville, Hoover, Thompson's got some competition. But every team is going to give Thompson their best effort. Thompson just knows how to win. And you could stack them up with the dynasties in professional sports. Some of the dynasties that come to mind are the Houston Comets and the WNBA, who won four straight WNBA titles to start the WNBA season. I think of the New York Islanders in the NHL that won four straight titles. And then I also think of UCLA basketball in the 1970s with the Wizard of Westwood, the legendary head coach John Wooden, and having all those great teams with Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton. And then I think of the Boston Celtics, in the 1960s with Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, A.C. Jones. The Thompson Warriors, once again, are on the mountaintop. All right, so the 7A has been wrapped up for the state of Alabama. Now let's go into the 6A championship game, which is actually being played tonight. Sarah Land Spartans out of Sarah Land, Alabama, just outside of Mobile, has had an incredible season all year long. 14-1 overall, 7-1 in their region. They are taking on Mountain Brook tonight, who finished the season 13-2. Sarah Land had a very tough game against Homewood, defeated them in overtime 57-56, and then defeated Theodore last weekend 21-6 to make it to the 6A state championship game against the Mountain Brook Spartans, who finished the regular season at 13-2. Losing to Hoover and Gardendale did not fade them in the regular season. They just steamrolled 
against everybody they faced, including Pinson Valley, Gadsden City, Hartsville, and then last week against Muscle Shoals. So Mountain Brook taking on Sarah Land tonight at Jordan-Hare Stadium for the 6A state championship game. The 5A championship game is complete as congratulations to the Ramsey Rams for defeating the Charles Henderson Trojans 41-20 to capture their state championship for 5A. The Ramsey Rams had a very decent season, 13-2 overall, with a 7-0 record in their region. And they did lose to Auburn, so that's not too shabby. They lost 42-21. to So a 5A school from Birmingham playing with the big boys. They're able to get their state championship. And just like in the reclassification, you had Pike Road winning a state title for 5A. They move up to 6A. Ramsey can just play with just about anybody. So congratulations to them. In 4A, Andalusia is taking on Cherokee County. The Bulldogs from Andalusia come into this game 13-1 overall. Cherokee County had an overall record of 13-2. Over in 3A, congratulations to the St. James Trojans who defeated Piedmont 45-28 to capture their state title. And over in 2A, you have Comer taking on Fife. And finally in 1A, you have Leroy taking on Pickens County. Now let's go over to Georgia. We're going to start with the GIAA because we have a big state championship game tonight at Five Star Stadium, home of Mercer University down in Macon, Georgia. The St. Anpacelli Vikings are taking on Stratford Academy. This is a rematch from a regular season game from this season where they defeated them on the road 21-7. St. Ampicelli, who defeated their longtime rival, the Brookstone Cougars, in overtime last week, is trying to win their first ever state title for boys football. They won one for girls flag football, and they've also won a cross-country championship. But the St. Ampicelli Vikings has stood for excellence, and I'm looking forward to hearing the call on Viking Radio with Dave Plata and Rex Castillo. I think they'll be there. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully that they will be there. They do a great job calling the St. Ampicelli Vikings. And good luck to the Vikings. I know that a lot of Vikings fans are going to make that trip to Macon and support St. Ampicelli. We're going to go ahead and get right into the GHSAA state semifinal playoff games, starting with 7A. Starting at 5 p.m., you have Mill Creek taking on Milton, and then you have Colquitt County taking on Carrollton. Carrollton was able to get the victory over Walton 52-27 to last week. Remember, Walton knocked off the defending 6A champions, Buford, and so this is wide open. Milton did a great job getting the win over powerhouse Grayson. And then you have Mill Creek. Mill Creek, which is a number two seed, getting the 43-7 victory over North Cobb. The Mill Creek Hawks out of Houston, Georgia, with a 12-1 record on the season, has a chance to make it to the state championship. So good luck to all the teams in 7A. Colquitt County, a very heavy favorite to win 7A. I mean, it's Anybody's ballgame right now in 7A. Now let's move on to 6A. 6A, you know, I've been talking about Langston Hughes all season. They are a powerhouse in 6A. 
And they are taking on the Rome Wolves tonight at Lakewood Stadium. Kickoff at 8 p.m. Over in the other bracket, you have Roswell taking on Gainesville. All number one seeds. No surprise here. Of course, Buford won the 6A state championship last year. So we're going to have a new winner this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing all these teams in action. Roswell got a very impressive victory over Thomas County Central, 42-34 last week. Langston Hughes surprised a lot of people getting the win over Woodward Academy, 56-28. to And then it was Rome that got the victory over Marist, 17-7. And Gainesville defeated Houston County, who was a number four seed. They did a great job knocking off Brunswick, knocking off North Atlanta. But, you know, the slipper did not fit. Cinderella's time ran out on Houston County. They fell to Gainesville, 49-35. to so now the four is set in 6A. We're moving over to 5A. I'm very familiar with 5A because that's where Northside fell to Warner Robins, the two-time state champions in 5A. They fell in the second round, but now we're in semifinal mode. This is great because we have Warner Robins, who has an opportunity to win three straight state titles they're taking on Cartersville. Cartersville got the victory over Coffee, 56-28 to last week. And Warner Robins was able to beat Creekside. Very close game. Creekside was a number one seed. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. I look at Warner Robins and what they did in the regular season. And they look like the hottest team coming in. And they got a lot of players on Rivals.com that's going to play at the next level as well. So Warner Robins taking on Cartersville. Over to the other side, you got two number one seeds. Ware County, who got a big win over Calhoun, 35 to nothing. They are taking on the powerhouse Dutchtown, who barely got by Mays, 40 to 34. Now let's go over to 4A, where the Troop County Tigers, I've been talking about them all season, their special quarterback, Teo Todd, and what head coach Tanner Glisson has done, their only loss was to their longtime rival, LaGrange, in the final game of the season. LaGrange needed that win to get into the playoffs. Troop County has won at Callaway Stadium. They have won on the road. They had a very impressive road victory against Holy Innocence Episcopal, 38-28. And now they are traveling to Savannah to take on the defending state champions, Benedictine Cadets. Troop County and Benedictine tonight in Savannah. On the other side of the bracket, you have Cedartown taking on North Oconee. So three out of the four teams in the semifinals for 4A made it to the semifinals last year. The only team, Troop County, that replaced Carver, who's now down in 3A. Speaking of the Carver Tigers, their season ended last week at Otis Spencer Stadium. I was happy that they were able to host a playoff game at Otis Spencer Stadium, but they fell to Oconee County, 16-7. It was a very tight defensive game. And congratulations to the Carver Tigers for an incredible season. But their season has come to an end. And then there were four in 3A. Cedar Grove, who is a favorite to repeat as state champions, taking on Oconee County. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have Carver of Atlanta, who knocked off the number one seed, Thomasville, 28-23, taking on Sandy Creek. Sandy Creek out of Tyrone, Georgia, 
When I was visiting family for Thanksgiving, I entered the town of Tyrone. Sandy Creek was the home to Megatron. Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Fame wide receiver, played at Georgia Tech, played for the Detroit Lions, and also the hometown of Houston Rockets forward Jabari Smith Jr. And they have a sign right when you enter Tyrone saying that this is the home of Megatron, Calvin Johnson. So a big shout out to Sandy Creek. Hopefully they do well. Carver of Atlanta is another sneaky team that is a number three seed that can do some damage in the state playoffs as well. Now let's go to 2A, where I want to talk a little bit about Callaway because they fell in the quarterfinals to Appling County. Appling County, also a number one seed, but Callaway won the coin flip. And they got to host that game at Callaway Stadium. Uh, but it was just too much Appling County. They defeated Callaway 44-21. to And now they will take on Thompson coming into this game 12-1. and On the other side of the bracket, the defending state champions for 2A, Fitzgerald, the Purple Hurricane, taking on Fellowship Christian. All number one seeds. There's no surprise here in 2A. And now we're going to get all the way down to the two divisions in 1A. And we're going to start with Class 1A Division 2. Because you have Schley County, you know, Ellaville, they're still a local team to the Chattahoochee Valley, taking on Johnson County. And on the other side of the bracket, you have Bowden taking on Lincoln County. Remember, 1A public and 1A private has gone away. A lot of those private schools either went into the classification 2A and 4A, but you also have some private schools that went to the GIAA like Brookstone and St. Ampicelli. But let's take a dive into the Class 1A Division 1 playoffs where you have Irwin County taking on Swainsboro and then you have Prince Avenue Christian taking on St. Francis. Good luck to all the teams in the state playoffs for the state of Alabama and the state of Georgia. Just a friendly reminder that next Thursday at the St. Luke's Ministry Center at 11.30 p.m. is the 15th annual Sports Visions High School and Junior High Awards Luncheon Banquet. And the keynote speaker is Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart. I'm looking forward to being in attendance. DJ Jones and Thrift Barrier do an outstanding job with that. And they've been doing it for 15 years. And it's a great way to honor these high school student athletes. And I'm excited. All right, speaking of Kirby Smart and Georgia, I don't know if anybody knows about this, but Georgia is playing in a big game tomorrow at 4 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the LSU Tigers. And I believe that the Georgia Bulldogs will still get into the college football playoff, even if they lose, but I don't think they're going to lose. They're at 17 and a half point favorite. And uh, they got to make catastrophic mistakes to lose this game. I know that LSU was able to beat Alabama, and at times they look great, but they are a very inconsistent team that loses to Texas A&M. They got blown out by Tennessee. I know that that Florida State game to start the season, you know, they were still trying to get their footing. And this LSU team does not stack up with Georgia's players. So I think Georgia's going to win. We have a big game in the Pac-12 championship game tonight. We have USC taking on Utah. I believe USC is going to win this game and they're going to get into the college football playoff. But if Utah was to win, Ohio State is sitting right there at number five. They could sneak into this college football playoff. And then on Saturday, it's going to be a massive 
sports day on Saturday. I mean, I'm going to be watching the World Cup with the United States taking on the Netherlands in the round of 16. And then you have Kansas State taking on TCU in the Big 12 championship game. TCU is only a two and a half point favorite. A lot of experts believe that if TCU loses a close game, there is still a chance that they could get into the college football playoff. I'd have to agree, but I think that Ohio State would be ranked ahead of them. Let's say like USC wins and TCU loses. I think Ohio State gets in over TCU because of their strength of schedule. But I strongly feel that if USC and TCU both lose, TCU is going to get in as a one-loss conference runner-up compared to a two-loss Alabama team. Remember that the committee values losses more than strength of schedule and bad losses. Alabama hasn't really had the greatest strength of schedule, but they do have the most impressive two losses. They were two losses that were lost right at regulation. The Alabama was leading the game when the clock expired. So that's something to think about. Looking at the other conference championships, UCF and Tulane, you got Purdue taking on Michigan and then Clemson taking on North Carolina. All right, I'm going to get into the World Cup because I'm going to have Eric Taylor on next week and we are going to break down some of the games. Right now, we've got some great matchups in group stage play as South Korea taking on Portugal, and then Ghana taking on Uruguay. Portugal has advanced out of the group, but it's still up for grabs. And then Brazil has gone out of the group, and they will take on Cameroon, and then Serbia taking on Switzerland. Yesterday, I had the privilege of watching Costa Rica and Germany, and then Japan and Spain. I actually had the double screen. I was watching Japan and Spain on my laptop. I was watching Costa Rica and Germany on my TV. And... For a split second there, Costa Rica was up 2-1 to one on Germany. And Costa Rica would have advanced out of the group. And Spain and Germany would be sitting home. But Japan defeated Spain 2-1. to one. Germany actually came back and defeated Costa Rica 4-2. to two. But they are sitting home. And for the second straight World Cup, the Germans are going to be sitting home. They are not advancing out of the group stage. This is a catastrophe according to Thomas Miller. Germany loses because of the goal differential because Spain was able to beat Costa Rica 7 to nothing, And Japan wins the group. And uh, Spain also gets out of the group as well. I love the World Cup. The round of 16 is going to be incredible. Netherlands and the USA, which I believe the United States can beat the Netherlands. If they play their game and if Christian Pulisic plays, I believe the United States are going to beat the Netherlands. I'm going to say it's going to be one mil. And they advance and get to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2002. You also have Argentina taking on Australia. On Sunday, you have France taking on Poland. England, who won the group in the United States group, is taking on Senegal. And then you have Japan taking on Croatia on Monday. And then Morocco, surprisingly, taking on Spain. So Belgium and Germany are staying home as well as Mexico. Which team are you shocked that they did not advance out of the group? And I'm really excited about having Eric Taylor, who is another soccer expert. I was able to have Tanya Chavez on the show yesterday. Eric Taylor is going to be on tomorrow. And interview is going to be rebroadcasted sometime next week. So looking forward to that. All right, well, let's move on to the NBA. 
Because tonight, the Atlanta Hawks taking on Nikolai Jokic and the Denver Nuggets at State Farm Arena. The Atlanta Hawks are 12-10. Another intriguing game that I'm really looking forward to watching is the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to see the Lakers beat a good team. They have yet to do that. All right, congratulations to the Columbus State Lady Cougars soccer team. They reached the Final Four. However, last night in Seattle, they fell to Western Washington 2-1. They did get a late goal to make things interesting. It was scoreless in the first half, but Western Washington jumped out to that 2-0 lead. And the Columbus State Lady Cougars had an incredible season. They've reached as far as they have gone since 2015. And what Coach Jay Entledge has done with the Lady Cougars has been incredible. A successful season, just a safe travel coming back home. And Columbus State Cougar Nation is so proud of them. And I just couldn't be happier for the Columbus State Lady Cougars. Let's talk about the Lady Cougars basketball team because tonight at the Lumpkin Center, they are hosting West Florida and just come on out to the Lumpkin Center and see a Lady Cougars team that's 4-1 and one after getting the victory on Tuesday, November 22nd against Anderson University. Just a reminder, their first conference game is December the 12th in Augusta as they will take on Augusta University. And the Cougars basketball team on the road today. They actually have a tough two-game road trip as they are taking on Carson Newman University tonight, and then they're taking on King University tomorrow afternoon, and then they'll be on the road two more times next week, and then they will take on Augusta University on December 12th as well, and that will be their opener in the Peach Belt Conference play. You can catch all the games on Cougar Radio 88.5 WCUG as Scott Miller, who is a huge fan of Columbus State Cougars athletics as he was tweeting about the Columbus State Lady Cougars in the final four and he also calls Brookstone high school football just a legendary play-by-play announcer in the Chattahoochee Valley a hall of famer and a friend of the show he's been a guest on the show is about a year ago that I interviewed Scott on this show so looking forward to listening to the broadcast and uh, looking forward to having both coaches on as I've had them on a couple of times. I would love to get them back on as well as we can talk nothing but Cougar basketball and Lady Cougar basketball all season long. Just a reminder, your 12-1 River Dragons, best record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League tonight at the Columbus Civic Center taking on the Danbury Tricks. And you can listen to these games on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, with Tom Callahan doing the play-by-play. I wonder if he's gotten some Callahan auto parts jokes from the movie Tommy Boy. I probably have to ask him that. Uh, would love to get him on the show. So if Tom Callahan wants to get on the show, we could we could talk about Tommy Boy or we could talk about River Dragons hockey. No, he's, he's a great play-by-play announcer. I love hearing him. And uh, I'm also looking forward to hearing him call the Chattahoots uh, next summer as well. The Columbus Rapid season is shortly approaching us. Their first friendly is going to be on December 29th. But we do have a date for their home opener at the Columbus Civic Center. It's February the 1st. And they will be taking on the Fayetteville Fury And I will be on the call for that on Beam TV alongside the newest member of the Columbus Rapids broadcast team, Corey Bank. And so excited about calling that game. 
It was about a year ago that I got the call from Rapids part owner Jason Gibson, who is also the head coach of the Jacksonville Sharks now. He was the head coach of the Columbus Lions. He gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to be the play-by-play announcer for the new indoor soccer team in Columbus. As intrigued as I was, I was excited about this because this was a huge opportunity. Of course, I accepted the position, but the first thing that came to mind was, I'm not really a soccer guy. In fact, I got some criticism from some soccer fans on the YouTube channel's feed saying that I didn't quite know the terminology. But I was a play-by-play announcer in college. I did basketball. I did baseball. I also did football. And that does translate to soccer. When you get the terminology down and you have the passion and the excitement to do play-by-play, it sounds incredible. And I had a very successful season. And the goal scores and the saves by Bria Riancho and Freddie Zamudio have been just incredible. And I'm looking forward to year two. It's just going to be an exciting time in the Chattahoochee Valley to watch indoor soccer right after the World Cup is over. I mean, we're just getting excited about soccer because of the World Cup, and now we have indoor soccer. And don't forget that we do have the Off the Walls Columbus Rapids podcast that airs every Tuesday night live at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill from 6 to 7, and you can catch a rebroadcast of that here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key on Wednesdays from 2 to 3. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. We will be right back. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back with Corey. We are back on the show, and I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. Welcome. Hey, Richard. It's fantastic once again to be on the show with you. Well, tomorrow... We have a very busy sports day, starting with the United States taking on the Netherlands. But first, we do have a Pac-12 championship game tonight. It could determine the balance of power in this college football playoff chaos, which we get two more years of until they get to the 12-team playoff format. But USC taking on Utah, they did... They lost to Utah already in the regular season. Utah winning on a two-point conversion. And the USC Trojans, if they win, they are going to get into the college football playoff. More than likely a number four seed taking on Georgia. But USC is favored by two and a half. Utah has a great defense. They have a great coach. But USC has Caleb Williams. And I I expect him to have a, a monster game tonight. A breakout game for Caleb Williams and he's probably going to win the Heisman. Yeah, couldn't agree anymore. So that number four USC team take on the number 12 Utah Utes. So this national spotlight in college football on this Friday night, they square off in this Pac-12 championship game. The Trojans are seeking the revenge of that, like you said, 43-42 loss back in October. That remains their only blemish under first-year coach Lincoln Riley. While the Utes are seeking back-to-back conference titles, if the Trojans win, they will likely be headed to the college football playoff for the first time in the CFP era. Like you said, Richard, it would also mark the Pac-12's first CFP berth since Washington. Now, they reached the 14th field in 2016 season, but this Utah team does not have CFP as 
aspirations, but the Utes would be the first program to repeat as league champion since Stanford did in that 2012 to 2013 season. Now, while there is a lot at stake for both these teams, there will likely be a third fan base watching anxiously. It stands to reason that this Trojans team's loss for this number five Ohio State team could have a shot at jumping USC for the fourth spot if this happens. But in this last time, something that you need to know is last time around, when the youth outlasted USC in October, the game featured over 1,100 yards of total offense, but including a combined 10 touchdowns. So there was a lot of offensive affair displayed in that game. Now, seven passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns in the game, no interceptions, but the Utah's team came rising, came rising while they couldn't put it together. But what we need to see in this one is that Caleb Williams, like you said, a Heisman potential to win, definitely a nominee. Williams has emerged as the favorite for the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore. The Oklahoma transfer who followed Riley to USC has terrorized opponents getting inside the tackle boxes and getting elusive into the next level. Now, it's pretty incredible in that regard that Williams has been showing consensus ever since he has been coming out of high school, the five-star recruit coming out of 2021 recruiting class. So in this ball game, it's going to be the battle of the trenches. You're going to have a team that has an excellent offensive line in USC. They've been opening up the holes all year long for Caleb Williams, and they've been dynamic in the run game in that regard. Now this Utah team they're playing against, surprisingly at number 12, but they've been dynamic as well in the year. But I think in this one, because of how great the job Coach Lincoln Riley has done and has put together something for this program that they haven't seen since the Reggie Bush era and the Matt Liner era, I see the Utah team losing and the Trojans will prevail. That is a great pick. Now let's go to Saturday, the Big 12 Championship. And we're only going to pick two games because these two games are the most important games when it comes to the college football playoff. TCU undefeated still, taking on Kansas State. TCU was able to come from behind and beat the Kansas State Wildcats in the regular season. Now they get to face them again. And I strongly believe, Corey, if it is a close game, if TCU loses to Kansas State... I still believe that they are going to sneak into the college football playoff because you might have a situation where, okay, so if USC wins, they're automatically in. If TCU loses, right now they're currently number three, the voters might drop them to number four, but I still think if it, USC has to lose in order for TCU to still get into the college football playoff because I believe a one-loss Ohio State will jump TCU, but I don't think a two-loss Alabama is going to jump a one-loss TCU. There's no way, in my personal opinion, I, I just don't see it happening that a two-loss Alabama team would jump it. But this is a great matchup between the TCU team versus Kansas State Wildcats, the Horn Frogs. Really looking great in this year. But let's talk about underdogs in this game for one second, Richard. This Kansas State Wildcats team comes into this game with a 9-3 record. They had peaks and valleys throughout the season getting here. 
but they've looked strong. Deuce Vaughn is their leading rusher. And last game, he ran for 25 carries for 147 yards, 5.9 yards a clip. Very outstanding running. In between the tackles, he can lower his shoulder, drag defenders. But then when he gets out to the next level, man, does he have the capability for that home run ball. Now, Will Howard, quarterback, last week he went 11-21 for 213 yards passing and two touchdowns in the contest. But the thing is is that he's had a decent year. It's a, He had a little stretchy game where he's been contested very much so. But let's talk about this Horn Frogs team. Immaculate in the season. They've been incredible. 12-0 this year. Who saw the Horn Frogs coming? My old teammate from high school, Chris Gaynor went there and he told me the atmosphere of the school and that where it was going to be going in years going in proceeding it and it just shows the testament of what they've been putting together now in their last game they really put together an amazing win 62 to 14 when they played against Iowa State and Iowa State you can't forget this just a year ago was a profound team in college football so for them to put together a clinic of a performance. Max Dugan, three touchdowns, walking away from the contest, 17 to 24 passing for 212 at 186 QBR rating, Richard. That right there is incredible. And when you can put that together with a decent running game with Kendry Miller, 15 carries last week for 72 yards, about five yards a carry, really decent. This Horn Frogs team is nasty up front and protecting Max Dugan in terms of pass blocking. Uh, in regards to this, this Horn Frogs team at every single level of the defense has been stout all year. I see this TCU team continuing their undefeated season. I'm going to have to take the Horn Frogs in this one, Richard. All right, Corey, so who do you have in the college football playoff? I, I believe it's going to be Georgia and USC in the Peach Bowl and Michigan and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. Would you agree? 100%. Absolutely. I'm going chalk. I believe that all the favorites are going to win, and that will be the college football playoff. And I believe it's going to be Georgia and Michigan in the national championship game, uh, but we shall see. All right, Corey. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the National Football League because, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they did defeat the New England Patriots last night, 24 to 10. And, you know, the Bills trying to catch the Kansas City Chiefs to get uh, that number one seed. But we are going to talk about two games, you know, the local team here in Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons. They're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are favored by one. This is a it's going to be a tough game. This is a must win game for the Falcons if they want to make the playoffs. They don't have Kyle Pitts. He's out for the season. You know, they are one of those teams that they could have beat the Commanders last week, but they were snake bitten. And this could be a home game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know their fan base travels well. You are from the North. You know that the Steelers are going to bring their fans. And the Steelers, if they have TJ Watt, I believe they're a different team. They are a dominant defense and... Cody Pickett just continues to get better. 
And I'm also looking forward to seeing the homecoming of former Georgia wide receiver George Pickens, who I also have on my fantasy team. Very interesting in that regard. But who do you take in this one? Oh, yeah, I need to make a pick. Uh, I I think the Steelers are going to win. Interesting pick indeed, Richard. So, interesting game between two teams that is a desperation game, like you said, indeed. Now, this Pittsburgh Steelers team has a record of 4-7 and seven on the year. When they, last, when they last stepped onto the football field, the Steelers took the field against the Colts and walked away with a win by a score of 24-17. Now, Kenny Pickett connected on 20-28 with 174 through the air. He had a quarterback rating of 87.5 and ended the game with no interceptions. Now, as a Steelers fan out in Pittsburgh, you have to like the fact that this Kenny Pickett quarterback who came out of the University of Pittsburgh had a game where he did not have a blemish. He did not throw any interceptions. He's improving. Now, George Pickens, the University of Georgia Bulldog, he averaged 19 yards per reception. He had three catches for 57 yards. Not a bad day. Now, last week, Benny Snell Jr. was the best rusher for the Steelers. He had 12 carries for 62 yards, five yards of rush. Really decent in that regard. But you're, but you're right, Richard. Without T.J. Watt, that team is not the same. A dynamic sack master indeed. You could put him up in the wide nine, and then he could put the rip moves inside. T.J. Watt is as stout as he can come by on the defensive front. But on the Falcons' side, the Falcons are coming into this game. It is a must-win game, 5-7 and seven of the year. And the Falcons went home, and they had a tough one against the Commanders, 19-13. But last week, Tyler Algieri ran the football 11 times, Richard, 54 yards in the game, but 5 yards to carry. And Ola Lamonde, Zacchaeus, was one of the featured uh, targets for quarterback Marcus Mariota. Had a decent day. Five catches for 91 yards, 18 yards a clip. Marcus Mariota is definitely in the running for Comeback Player of the Year award. Him and Geno Smith. And it's incredible what he has done. He's carried this team to a point where he is leadership. It is the reason why they're getting behind him and this team. So Mariota had 174 passing last week, 15 to 25, 77 QBR rating. He did throw a pick, but it's okay. Because in this one, they're tough. They're gritty. They will battle you to the end. And I really believe the Falcons are going to prevail in this game, Richard. That's a very interesting pick. I just look at the history books. And uh, I, every time the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Falcons, it, the Steelers just dominate. But that's a good pick. All right, let's move on to the final game that we're going to pick here for the National Football League's picks. Probably the game of the week. This is actually, I think this could be a sneak peek of the Super Bowl. The Miami Dolphins taking on the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium. 49ers are favored by four why is this not the flex game? You know, they, they could have flexed out that Colts-Cowboys game because your Jets are taking on the Vikings. You have the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. You have the 49ers taking on the Dolphins. Any one of these games, Titans-Eagles, 
any one of these games could have been flexed into the Sunday night game, and they chose to go with America's team taking on Jeff Saturday's disappointing Indianapolis Colts. But we're not talking about the Colts and Cowboys. We're talking about the Dolphins and 49ers. You know me as a 49ers fan, but they finally, the number one defense taking on the most explosive offense in the NFL. And I believe that Tua is going to shred that 49ers defense, which their offense is not all that great. You know, Elijah Mitchell's out for the season. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo only put up 15 points on the Saints defense last week. The, the defense for the 49ers had to bail them out. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can go toe-to-toe with Tua. Uh, they are depleted at corner. They have Chavarius Ward. But after that, their number two corner is Diomne Lenore because the two injuries to their corners, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, one of them is going to get over 150 receiving yards. And I believe that the Miami Dolphins get the road victory over the 49ers. Still a good team. They just don't do well against AFC teams. You saw what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs. I still think the 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFC. But this is a very tough matchup for the 49ers. And I believe the Dolphins come out on top. I know that is painful for me to say that to you because you're a Jets fan. But who do you have in this game? Very interesting pick. (laughs) You're completely right. This does pay me to say this, but this 8-3 and three Dolphin team has the most dynamic pair of receivers with Waddle and Hill. Incredible. Both of them together are averaging right near 250 yards a game. That's unbelievable. That's really tough. And they're also, my personal opinion, the two fastest tandem receivers in the game. Those Miami Dolphins. Tua playing the best football of his career in that regard. And then they just got one of your running backs, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson hasn't been too shabby running with the football um, in some games. But in they are an aerial attack. They are aerial assassins, Richard. And that's going to be very tough for your corners. It's going to be a mismatch all day. I do think I, I take the Dolphins in this one as well. But in order for them to stay in this football game, you know where they're going to have to get it? They're going to have to win the game in the trenches. If they're going to have any chance to win this game, they're going to have to get to Tua, and they're going to have to get right in the backfield stout. They're going to have to do slants inside. They're going to have to have Bosa really step forward and put together something in the game. They're going to have to play stout linebacker abilities uh, now, on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to have a day where he has to be more than just a game manager. He's going to have to include uh, Brandon Ayuk way more so than he has in the past. He's going to have to hope that Christian McCaffrey keeps things together in that regard. I mean, he's had some a couple of good games for you guys this year. But the thing is, is that if they don't win the game in the trenches, this could get very ugly fast. I'm very sorry to say this, and it pains me. I really want your 49ers to take care of business. But the problem is in this game, you have the front-running Dolphins. They have too much, too much speed on the outside. It's the Miami Dolphins in this game. I have a question for you, Corey. Why isn't that Cowboys-Colts game flexed out of that Sunday night. I mean, we have 
a terrible Sunday night matchup. And then Monday night, we have the Saints and the Buccaneers, both disappointing teams. You know, next year, they will do the flex NFL schedule for Monday night football games as well. But uh, the schedulers had to put somebody, even I want to see your Jets and Mike White taking on the Vikings. I want to see that game in primetime. And you know how Kirk Cousins does in primetime games. I think it was the anticipation of scheduling those games that these teams were going to be decent teams this year, and they were going based upon the fan bases. That's what I personally think of why they have those games in primetime. I agree. I mean, the Cowboys are America's team, which they might end up getting OBJ, so look out. But the Indianapolis Colts really have not been relevant since Andrew Luck retired. I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. They have been one of the most disappointing teams in the National Football League. I'm not going to say they're the most. I believe it's a toss-up between Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Russell Wilson in Denver. I think you're right. Those those quarterbacks have been disappointing. I mean, you can't discount that they've both had careers that have been truly dynamic indeed. But let's segue next into this segment going into the World Cup match. Yes, let's talk about this World Cup. I'll be up. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, watching the United States taking on the Netherlands. Christian Pulisic says he's good to go, but we still don't know the status of Josh Sargent. Uh, I still don't know where the goal scoring is going to go, but the United States do have a very good defense. Corey, England is better than the Netherlands. The United States had their chances to beat England. In fact, they controlled the game. Christian Pulisic had a goal attempt that hit the crossbar. And I actually felt that they played better than England, and England is better than the Netherlands. So I think the United States can win this game. I don't think they can win it on penalty kicks, but I think they could at least have a great defensive performance to hold the Netherlands scoreless. And I think the United States are going to find a goal somehow, some way, maybe in the 70th minute. We're not holding on for dear life like that game against Iran. And I think the United States wins one to nothing to reach the quarterfinals for the first time since 2002, where they will probably lose to Argentina. Very interesting. I think this USA team is going to ride on the hearts of their guy, Christian Pulisic. It's pretty incredible that they have a guy that has such an incredible personality to really put together something. But this United States team managed to scrap out, scrap and claw their way into Group B. But now they find themselves in the round of 16, Richard, with in this 2022 World Cup where they'll face the number eight ranked team in the world, Netherlands. We know that's a daunting task. They know We know they breed great players. But while the opponent is established in the European power with a proven World Cup pedigree, it's still a soft draw considering they have avoided seeing the likes of Brazil, France, Argentina, and Spain or any of the top tournament favorites. So this USA team has advanced past the round of 16, won the World Cup, like you said, in 2022, uh, and the CAF rivals Mexico in 2002, like you said. But the meaning of this game is they're going to have to put it together. If there ever is a time, Richard, for them to win, Netherlands has looked, kind of shaky and it's going to come down to defense like you said a one nothing win pretty accurate I'm going to go in the hearts of what it means to be American in this country 
I, I want the USA to win. And I really think if there is a time, the opportunistic time to do it, it's now. I was uh, taking a look at the 2022 FIFA rankings. And a very interesting note, the Netherlands is ranked seven. England was ranked number five in the United States actually went to a draw with England. But get this, three out of the 10 teams did not advance. Belgium was ranked number two in the world. They didn't advance out of their group. Denmark and Germany didn't advance out of the group, and they were ranked ninth and 10th respectively. How shocked are you? I'm going to give you four teams. Which team are you completely shocked they did not get out of the group? Belgium, Denmark, Germany, or Mexico? Belgium. And Germany. I can't believe they didn't make it out. And I can't believe in that regard Mar Morocco did. I can't believe Morocco made it out, out, out of there. And I can't believe Japan did. Those, I mean, those two teams making it out and then Germany and Belgium not making out, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. All right, before I let you go, Corey, February 1st, we already have a date. That is the home opener for the Columbus Rapids at the Columbus Civic Center. Are you ready to go? I'm excited for you to be part of the broadcast team for the Columbus Rapids this season. And uh, I cannot wait. Let's go. I know that it's about two months away, but it, it can't get here any sooner. It's going to be a, a great time. I'm looking forward to it, Richard. All right. As always, hope you have a great weekend watching sports, and I will talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, Richard. All right. That was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. Thank you so much once again for listening to another episode of The Sports Beat. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can also download this podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor. Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.